When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 351 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Jim Hilton, and joining me again is none other than Barcelona. How's it going, Levon? Hey, everyone. Shut down. So it is the second pod of the week. So at least on paper, things are going to be a bit lighter today than they were on, on Monday and Tuesday show. For example, we are starting today, Levon, talking about the photo that was leaked of the New Jersey for next season. So we have seen the templates. We have seen what, you know, kind of what it was going to look like. But now it seems like with that leak, we are pretty certain as to what the home jersey looks like. And yeah, what are your thoughts? So again, this is easy. Reacting to jerseys, that's the easy stuff. Uh, it's been leaked. Like, you know. Yeah, right, right. right. But now you I saw, saw it. I saw it like months ago. On a person, yeah. No, it's nice. It looks good. Yeah. And I like all three of them. I like the, the home one. I like the golden away one. And the one with the St. George cross. Mm-hmm. Is that light gray or is it white? I mean, I think, I mean, it should be white, but I could also see it being like gray. Yeah, I mean, with the least, who knows? But I, it, white, right, it should be white. I mean, that's what it should be. That's what the St. George Cross is. Mm, yeah, I hope it's light gray. Anyway, mm-hmm. it looks pretty good as well. Yeah, there is in the future sometime, there is a, a maybe for the summer, there's a brand about the white shorts or, and all those things about the past, but we could do that later. So before we move on, though, to more serious business, if you will, I do want to give a quick shout out to everybody that's gotten themselves some Barcelona podcast merch. You can post it on social media when you get it and tag us. And I'd love to shout everybody out on social media and things. So the link is in the show notes. And yes, I will also do better at posting on social media that the stuff now exists. 
So people might be able to see some of it. I still am waiting even on my own orders. So yeah, I am, I'm wearing it now, but you know, this portion is audio anyway. So <laughs> you can check it out on YouTube and you'll see what the t-shirt looks like. But anyway, sure, yeah. you better send me some gear. Yeah. I have to see if they, uh, if they do deliver to Spain. So we'll have to get your address. And uh, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, I, I can't be giving free handouts, but uh, for co-hosts, we will definitely make exceptions. So yeah, so Levon, you, you can look at yours in the mail. Uh, but yeah, back to the serious stuff though, for a guy that might not, or I might not need to send he, him anything for next season, I want to talk about some rumors. We did some Frankie de Young earlier in the week, but again, mm-hmm. the Frankie de Young continues to be in the rumor mill about a transfer out this summer as he was in the transfer rumor mill over the summer last year, as he was in January, as it will continue to be. And this latest rumor comes from the Times in the UK. So, I mean, I take that zero, zero serious about Man City wanting him to help with the loss of Fernandinho. And apparently Barcelona would consider 60 million euros for him. Now, because we can't consider multiple things at the same time in our, in our tiny little brains, I'll start with the sporting aspect of this. What's the price for you that makes sense for Barca to part with Frankie de Jong as a player on the field and as a member of this Barcelona squad? And before you talk about who replaces him and all that jazz, what's just the number that means de Jong is gone? It does not make sense to me to talk about 60 million from City when they sold us Ferran Torres for 55. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) <laughs> make that make sense that that doesn't make sense i can i can see that it kind of like there is a way that it makes sense for barcelona to um to move uh frankie de jong this summer i mean i think he's a really talented player i think he fits in well uh, at our club uh i think that you know some people say that he has not played well uh which i disagree with at the same time when you look at the future of our club in the two positions, or at least in the position where where Frankie starts, it's hard not to think that the future of our club for the two inter, uh, interior spots are Petri and Gavi. So depending on what you're going to do with the pivot, which Frankie uh, is not a natural fit because he does not have the, the positional discipline he needs to... It's not that he doesn't have the discipline, it's just that... He's very smart positionally, but he needs to move all over the pitch in order to get the most out of his qualities, which for a uh, holding midfield, holding midfielder is kind of difficult because it means that you always have to compensate when he uh, when he does not uh, cover the pitch in case of the loss of possession, right? So I, I can see a future where we say, hey, you know, if we can get 100 million for Frankie Dion, we really need that money. Uh, we still have Busquets, Petri, Gavi. We're going to get Kessie or Kessie or however you pronounce his name. And we have Nico Gonzalez, who we really believe in. Then I do not think crazy enough that we lose that much, especially if you get a really good fullback in return. So I, I know now the rumor is uh, Frankie for Bernardo Silva, which... Like, where, where are we going to play Bernardo Silva? Like for Manchester City, he usually plays in midfield. Why would we change Frankie de Jong for well, another midfielder? Well, because, yeah, I mean, I can't get out of my head that with Kessier coming in, and I mean, this would mean that Young would be stuck, would still stick around, but I can't get out of my head that it will be two high interiors and two in a double pivot. And not to say that you're going to get rid of your fullbacks altogether, but that you're going to have these 
fullbacks that also are wingbacks that defend that are wingers. And it's all the same position. And I mean, that's why he's the expectation for Dembele to defend as well as he needs to. And you also are going to want center backs that are a bit more mobile and able to get out to the wings a bit more. And that's why Araujo with his versatility, his movement and him playing at, at, at outside back or right back this season is a little bit telling. And so actually the, one of the names you didn't mention in that midfield, and I know he's mostly a varsity B player, but I think Pablo Torre is going to be better than people think. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's on the level of Pedri or Gabi. Like I'm, I'm not doing that, but there, it wouldn't be surprising to me the way that he's been racing Santander's best player to get promotion to the second division. And I know third division, second division, we don't care too much about that. How does it translate? But there were things that when we watched Pedri in the second division at Los Palmas and you go, oh, that's going to translate to the top division, of course. And Pablo Torre seems to have just an understanding of the game that he, he doesn't get sped up. He, he's just very calm, very composed. He's not afraid, not only not afraid to shoot, but he's not afraid to find the, the net. He's not afraid to understand where the net is and how important that is. And I mean, we did see Gabi score a lot more frequently, even playing, you know, when he was 16 or, or 14 years old, he was bossing the, the U16s, the cadet Oz and stuff, and up to the, the U19s in, in that year before he got promoted to the first team, which was last year. <laughs> and uh, we saw him score a little bit more. So his scoring obviously is probably going to take a little bit of hit, but yeah, I would not be surprised if Pablo Torre makes 25 appearances next season. Like I just, it's, it's possible. And, but, and why I bring him up here is that I think Xavi looking at the profiles of Gabi and Pedri, and you ask, how can you get the best out of those players? Because you really do want to make sure. And it's crazy that Frankie DeYoung in his mid twenties already kind of being passed over to scene. But if you had a choice, are you, do you want to get the best out of Pablo Torre, Gabi and Pedri? Do you run a system that gets the best out of them? Or do you, or do you can you consistently try to get the best out of the young? If you had to choose, if it, if it becomes a one or the other because of the space on the field that's allotted and the positions and the other, you know, all the, as you mentioned about the fullbacks, the other positions all around. And if you have to choose between one or the other, obviously the choice is you want to get the best out of Pedri and Gabi and you played them in a high, two high interior positions, meaning you need to a, a double pivot. And if Frankie Young isn't your answer there, then really what you're doing is you're saying, so if you're going to pocket this money and the reason Carlos Soler's name has been linked so heavily is we don't talk, I think, about the financial issues enough here, Levon, because I mean, we only were talking about the summertime in January. And the only thing that gives this rumor any credence to me is that, you know, Barca has four players that can fetch 50 million or more, I think. That's Pedri, Araujo, De Young, and probably still Ansu. And I think Gabi still technically is unproven as an asset, a financial asset, because it's been less than a year since he's just still 17. So he, I think he's much more valuable. And obviously with him renewing his contract, that contract itself would be much more valuable as a financial asset to Barca than it would be for other teams. And then the other guy, as I said, is De Young. So because we don't talk about those financial issues, do you think that Laporta and this board would be willing to just part with De Young, replace him with a Carlos Soler for less than half the price, and then get yourself about 40 million to continue to help you get more flexibility in the future? I mean, is that is this like a long-term play that they might be considering that, or is this just a little bit of smoke? Because financial issues is always going to be the excuse as to obviously why the club didn't go for Erlen Holland, obviously why the club missed out on Masrawi, or you know what I mean? Whatever the reasons might be, you can always put up the guard of the financial issues at Barcelona now. Yeah. So it kind of depends what we're going to do, right? Because if if we say, okay, we're going to sell De Jong, but then we immediately use all that money, then (laughs) my expectation would be that we use it extremely well, or at least my my demand, if I can make demands as a fan, is that we use it extremely well. What I expect if we sell De Jong 
And let's say, you know, 100 million is optimistic. Let's say you sell them for 70. Then they're going to use between 30 and 40 to get a midfielder who's not as good because everybody knows that we're going to have the Frankie Dion money. So they're going to raise their price <laughs> when, when we call. And then, like, what is the advantage there to have 30 million? So, for, for example, that there's a lot of deals that I see that don't make sense to me. Um, people talking about Frankie de Jong for Bernardo Silva. Again, I don't see it because getting rid of Frankie de Jong is because we believe in Gavi and Pedri. So I, why would we get another midfielder for, for him? I could see Carlos Soler because if we get Carlos Soler for 20, maybe 30, I mean, that might be a bit much. I think Carlos Soler is, uh, Soler is uh, anywhere near as good as Frankie de Jong, but he does add something that our midfield does not have. He adds uh, shooting, he adds uh, running into the box and scoring uh, from a header. Actually, our midfield is starting to have that with Petri. He, he shoots as well, but um, he, he is. And, a different and I give. I want to throw in that I gave Gabby uh, Gabby about a year or two. I think Gabby again from what I saw from him from ages fourteen through sixteen at the youth academy. That shot is coming. He just has to find the space at the first division level. So just like Pedri, it took him about oh. a year to find his shot. I think Gabby's shot is coming. Sergio Roberto used to score in the youth academy as well. So. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, but Sergio Roberto <laughs> wasn't the best player on the field two or three years younger like Gabi was. No, that, is, that is very true. That is very true. So, like, if, if we get rid of Frank and Young, either it's because we're going to hold on to the money because we need it, and then I would be okay with it, or we get one of the positions that we really need, which is a fullback mm-hmm. on, on either side of the pitch. So... I would much rather exchange Frenkie de Jong for uh, uh, Cancelo. Of course. <laughs> than for Bernardo Silva, even though Bernardo Silva is the more valuable player. Yeah. But give me, give me Cancelo and, and a bit of money. And I, I don't think that we would suffer too much from losing him because we, we have good midfielders. But yeah, you know, I, really, really it, it, it has to be worth it, worth it because um, if Frenkie de Jong was not at Barcelona, with Barcelona usually selling players for uh, for a low amount of money, but imagine Frankie de Jong played for Manchester United. How much do you think Manchester United would get for Frankie de Jong if they sold him? A hundred million, right? Hundred million is the answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jack Grealish was hundred million. Mm-hmm. If he played the so, Premier League, hundred million. Jesus, yeah, Jack Grealish is is a hundred million. Yeah. So how how on earth are they talking about you know City who paid a hundred million for Jack Grealish? Paying sixty million for Frankie Dion, like you know, yep. come on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. So if there is any truth to the De Young stuff, that tells me that the Khalidou Koulibaly link isn't real. I mean, obviously this one has recirculated again. The 30-year-old has one year left on his contract with Napoli and the number is apparently 40 million euros. So as you mentioned, if Barcelona are going to get 60 from De Young and then immediately turn around and spend 40 on, on Koulibaly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about that one either. I think you only do that. You only do that if you know that PK is retiring this summer because I actually think that they can find a much younger... I mean, I've been talking about this before too on the transfer thing I did last week for the YouTube channel, that 20-minute manifesto. There are much younger and cheaper options if they want more center backs. And again, you only go for an experienced center back like Koulibaly that's going to be 40 to 50 million if you know that you're one, you know, we'll say experienced center back over the age of 27 because Christensen comes in at 25. But from all indications, he's not the vocal leader. He's not the, the number one personality in a back line in a way that PK is. And again, Araujo is just not there just yet. Eric Garcia has those tools, but also might not be on the field long enough to, <laughs> to, to, to showcase those tools. Like vocally, I mean, just being an actual leader, an experienced player. So the club is being linked to, uh, you know, and Kulabai is interesting because I think the club too is, you know, being linked to players that can play as both outside backs and center backs and comfortable in those two positions. That's why we are seeing the likes of Lissandra Martinez from Ajax, Azbolqueta from Chelsea, and Lucas Hernandez from Bayern, you know, keep dreaming on that last one. But, you know, there's a reason why. I think there's versatility desired from Xavi. It's, again, one of the reasons why, other than Gabi's renewal being possible when Roberto is going to renew for that extra year. But Roberto's versatility, I think, is still something that Xavi also values. And we're seeing that Xavi is valuing along that back line players who can play multiple positions. So 
you mentioned Sergio Roberto's renewal. Like, first of all, the center back, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if we, P- PK is not going to go anywhere. And Araujo and Eric Garcia are both very good. Like, what, what are you going to do with four starting center backs? That, right. So, although I think Koulibaly is a great player, or, you know, you're going to tell me, well, you know, there's a, there's a 25-year-old who is as good as Koulibaly. Yeah, great. But four center backs are not going to start at the same time. So, if, if we already have three who are really good, and we have Christensen, who I'm not convinced that um, uh, we should sign, but okay, that, then that's four right there. PK is not going to go anywhere. Next season is going to be like one of his uh, uh, most, uh, his one of his best paid seasons because he's been deferring a lot of salary to yeah. the latter part of his career. So he's he's not going to give up that money. But he does fun. have a big. He he. Both he and Busquets have a big payout as well. I think is there a payout? I'm a little confusing here. Is there a payout? coming at the end of their contract where they just are going to get like a basically a stipend for taking that pay cut or is it is it just more in the back end of those deals you know i i've heard both or it could be like (laughs) you could get i don't know but i don't i don't think that that's going to be a a payout of which pk is going to share the screenshot with uh, (laughs) with the (laughs) rule that's true so we all know if he gets it with the rest of the contract in the final seasons of it, or if he gets it as a stipend. But again, it's important based on like when he chooses us to walk away. Yeah. And the other thing is about Sergio Roberto's renewal. Now I've heard a lot of voices in Spain say that renewing Sergio Roberto helps us with the salary cap next summer, which I do not understand because my thinking is if his contract expires and he does not renew, then that helps us more. Yeah. But apparently lowering, like uh, taking a pay cut this summer helps us somehow, some way. I I was wondering if you knew what's up with that. Yeah, I've heard the same thing from the same probably Spanish sources that you have that it allows. Well, my understanding was that it allows them to, in theory, get Gabby's renewal done right now and to put that on the books prior to the summer and to stretch Gabby's contract out longer. And so by doing it now, even prior to summer, but that means that they've got to get it done in like what the next is it due June 1st or something? Or I think it's mm. July, right. So like, I think the idea is that, but because if Gabi doesn't renew until you're right, if Gabi doesn't renew until July 5th, I'm going to be saying the same thing as you, then why? Like, why, why do you have to do this? Then? Right. If Gabi renews now, mm. then that makes sense based on his deal. And that's what they mean by like making Gabi possible. Cause so they can extend it for base. I think Gabi then will technically get another year if they can do Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. But so that, that's the transfer rumor stuff. Yeah. You got yeah, one more thing and then we'll move on. What if selling Frankie de Jong makes it possible for us to renew Dembélé? I mean, I'm of the mind that they can do that now. Yeah, they can. But um, if you sell Frankie de Jong, then not only do you get the transfer fee, you also get a salary off the books. And that gives us more space to 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 make that happen. W- would it be worth losing Frankie de Jong over keeping Dembélé? Probably, be, probably yeah. because, you know, we're good in midfield. I but, would I but agree probably is, yes to my answer too. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, Dembélé is like, no, you cannot really replace Dembélé for, for what he gives to the team. Yeah. I, I think it's actually a really good transition to the next thing because, you know, we are, we've talked about Real Madrid next. We're going to do it in the lens of Barcelona. We're going uh, we're, we're to get to it. But for starting with the Barcelona lens here, I'm going to start with some hot takes. I'm going to start with the positive stuff. Where when I watch Real Madrid do what they did to Man City and I go, is this, you know, can Barcelona replicate that? You know, where is Barcelona in there? Was like path back to the Champions League. And there's something about the Champions League this season in particular and Real Madrid's past tour that is founded in confidence and chaos. 
And the reason why I transition from Frankie de Young and say Dembele, it's not even just about Champions League, Champions League trophies, because I think it's, it's, it's odd to me that in my mind, Frankie de Young helps you win the Liga more while Dembele helps you win the Champions League more because Dembele can operate in broken plays in individual moments. And why I have some hope for Barcelona's future comes down to three players in Dembele, if he renews, Ansu and Pedri, because those are three players that have shown us in the last year and a half now, well, for Dembele, it's this season, for Pedri, it's this season, and for Ansu when he was healthy, that they only need those little moments. And that is what the Champions League comes down to, where is it a player who has an ability to be completely unfazed, that is the same mentally between the ears on a good day and a bad day. And Ansu has shown us so far that it doesn't seem to, we don't know yet when he doesn't have, like, when he has responsibility, we have yet to see Ansu when the lights have gotten brightest on him and he's the guy and we're and the other team is circling and saying, Hey, if we can stop him, we know that we're in, we're in the clear in the same way that teams did to Mbappe this season, if, you know, <laughs> Messi and Neymar be darned, but you know, then Pedri has shown us against at least some of the bottom half teams in the Liga that he's capable of the moment where Barcelona needs a goal right now. And three on three different occasions, Pedri was the one who scored that goal, you know, whether he's a goal scorer or not, it doesn't matter. He's the guy that scored the goal. And so the, the chaos that exists in those moments with those players, those are, you know, big time players to me. It makes me believe that, you know, if Barcelona can fill out the rest of their squad, if they can, which is a lot to ask, but if they can build it up depth, you know, to me, it's counterintuitive that if this team, that being Barcelona is contending for the Liga trophy, why are they also not contending for the Champions League? PSG and Bayern Munich dominate their leagues. And so they're expected to, dom- to, to, to win in the Champions League and compete there. Man City is going to win, likely going to win the Premier League, and they're expected to win the Champions League trophy. Real Madrid, obviously, are going to win the Liga, and now they're in the final for the Champions League too. And so if Barcelona next year are good enough and deep enough to contend for the Liga, then why are they also not contending for the Champions League? Like, it doesn't, to me, it, it's not, I, I don't understand why it's a stepping stone, where it's like you have to win the Liga, you've got to be a good enough squad to compete week in and week out to then also, like, to get to that higher level, right? Like, the only thing that was stopping Barcelona for years from reaching that quote-unquote higher level is the mentality and that is what Real Madrid unfortunately is showing us year after year after year that they can be gosh darn nothing a week before and then or even in a second in the second leg of a tie they're dead in the water and then here they are the glory of Real Madrid the the difference between competing in in Europe and not is just doing it man right because uh you know people tell me well Barcelona is not ready to compete in Champions League next year Sure, yeah, you have your reasons, whatever. Was Villarreal ready to compete in the Champions League this year? Like, you know, and... <laughs> I don't think so. Know. So, no, I don't they, they were so far behind Bayern Munich uh, a month ago, or two, I, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like, look at the quality in that squad. It's so far behind the teams that they beat. Um, so, the difference between actually reaching it and not is just doing it. So um, one thing that helps you is the quality, the quality of the players, uh, whether that's players who can decide games in a moment or players who just consistently do the right thing and make the right decisions uh, over the course of a match. Uh, but I think the other thing is mentality. And men- mentality is something that Barcelona have lacked ever since, um, ever since we got kicked out uh, by Rome. So we saw it against Frankfurt as well. You know, it's it, it's that mentality. Obviously, Madrid has has that mentality that is their DNA. That no matter what, they believe that they can do it and end up doing it just because they believe they can do it. Barcelona, when things don't go well, and 
especially when things don't go well and they don't feel that they are the better team, well, that's the problem. They don't feel that they're the better team. That's why when Frankfurt literally plays better than Barcelona, it's very difficult for Barcelona to recover from that. Uh, when, when Barcelona was the best team in the world, we made amazing comebacks all the time because we, we were the best team in the world and we still knew that we were the best team in the world. That's why the comeback against Paris Saint-Germain was possible. Uh, that's why the comeback uh, against uh, Milan was possible. Just to come, to come back 2-0. No, that's why all those comebacks were possible because we literally believed that we were the best. But Barcelona believed that we were the best when we actually were the best. Because in Barcelona, the only way that we win is by playing well and by constantly showing that we are the best. And for Madrid, that's irrelevant. They believe that they're the best because they win. And why do they win? Not because that they're better, they are the better team. It's because they believe that they're the best. Yeah, I mean, every time... And, 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 and this, is the, this is the problem in the match yesterday with City. City quite clearly did not believe that they were going to win in the Bernabeu. You just saw it. The only person, the only player who showed up was Bernardo Silva. The rest played like crap the mm-hmm. whole match. Yeah, just trying to survive. And you can't survive against Real Madrid in the Champions League. You can't. Year after year after year, you can't. I mean, and of course, we knew the memes were coming, right? Because it was, I mean, as physical as it was, but what we watched was physical. Yeah, players scored, players ran, physically things happened, but it was the perfect confluence of Pep Guardiola struggling in Champions League semifinals and losing these matches in the Champions League for the last 10 years and facing off of the only team that always wins these matches in the Champions League. And you could feel like the reaction is like, of course this happened again. Of course this happened. Not that it happened even to Pep Guardiola, but like, that's like the oddest thing about football that, and you're right about the Barcelona point that every time Barcelona are the best team in the world, well, not every time, but every time they won the champions league, they were the best team in the world. Like you could every time, every time, you said, of course. every time that we, we, that's why we have two trebles. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. You know, because when we, when we win, there's a chance that we win everything because we're literally the best team in the world. That's why every time that we win the champions league, we also win La Liga at home. Yeah. You'll never and see a really, season where like where Barcelona gets destroyed by Madrid 3-0, 4-0, and then ends up winning anything. Yeah, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen because yeah, when, happen. when if Madrid beats us 4-0 in the Camp now, then the next three months, we just walk around depressed. Right. Not believing in ourselves. And yeah. Well, that, yeah, I, I'm seeing a narrative too that, that's popping up that, this, this, uh, the new core, if you will, of, of Camavinga and Valverde and Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo, that, you know, oh, we haven't did have actually built this like, really good young core. But, mm. you know, in the same respect, you know, a healthy Ansu Fati and Pedri and Gabi and Araujo, like Barcelona's core is still better to me than that group. Like that group is very good. Of course, of course, Real Madrid, Bayern, City. PSG, Man United, even all of these clubs, Tottenham, Arsenal, they're all. I don't know about, I don't know about Manchester United. Honestly. I don't know about United as far as their young players. I agree with that. But all of these. Or, or, or their old players. Like, there's. <laughs> seriously, who, who would you take from that squad? I mean, I saw the McTominay rumors this, this week. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of those clubs that have not only money to spend, but they have money to spend on their infrastructure and their academies, and they also have the money to pick up young products. Again, that's why, you know, no offense to the Ronald Araujo signing the La Masia stuff. Like, you know, we, we've been hearing the lulls about that. You know, obviously his former club in Uruguay are getting frustrated with that because 
he came over at, I think he was 19, played for a year and a half in Barca B at a professional levels. Like he, he was developed not in La Masia. And you know that Pablo Torre, the second he debuts for the first team after a cup of coffee with Barca B, you know, in August and September is going to be, uh, you know, they're going to call him La Masia. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's a teenager and whatever. It's and so weird because <laughs> it's so weird because we have so many Masia players in the team. Why, why would we even have to pretend that another young player who joined us from Uruguay because is from La Masia. Like why? I have the answer. I have, I mean, the answer is easy because, because who is one of, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, the players under 23, the longest standing member of La Masia is Oscar Mangueza. He was there the longest. He joined at like mm-hmm. seven or eight. Right. And so if he's your best example of La Masia in the same way, that I think Sergio Roberto, believe it or not, hurt like the La Masia brand for a while there. Like the brand of La Masia, like selling the club on La Masia, that brand was hurt for quite a bit. And I think it's this is almost an overcorrection you're seeing. Like, hey, everybody said for a decade, like La Masia was dead. Carlos Alenia, we even watched him, you know, not, not say fail, but just didn't break through. And Sergio Roberto was the one thing they could hang their hat on. And he has obviously been a, 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 a whipping post for the, for the last four or five years, right? Like since he... You know, we know what he is. We know he's a squad player and not, you know, a consummate starter in, in, in Barcelona. And so I think that there's certainly an overcorrection that you are seeing. But you're right. Like, uh, I don't know I why mean, they're not just posting Ansu and Gabi and Nico. Because, I mean, those are all ones you can boast. You can boast. I mean, you can we, still boast PK and Alba. I know. We, we, we could actually play PK, Alba, Busquets, Gabi, Nico, Ansu. That's that's six. Eric Garcia. That's we could easily play seven seven starters from La Masia, which for a big club in Europe is insane. Right? Is insane. There are other clubs who have maybe one or two players from their academy. So I I don't see the need for us to to have to claim that that Araujo. Is La Masia. Um, yeah, he was in Barca B for one year. I will say that, you know, Barca can boast that they completely re-educated him as far as football goes. I mean, mm-hmm. he has said this himself as well. But, you know, it's, it's just so silly and completely unnecessary and nonsensical to me. Like, I mean, it's also a waste of our time a little bit. Like, it's a reason why this is the second part of the week and it's coming up at the very, very last minute of the pod <laughs> because, like, that's how unimportant these things are. These things only exist in our heads on social media. But it's just a point that that I have been seeing some discourse about Real Madrid and whatever. But even their young core that they just that we just mentioned, not a single one was in was at La Fabrica before they were 18 years old. Not a single one of the players that I just mentioned, like Arriba or, um, yeah, who is it? Fede. Fede Valverde? Mm-hmm. No, I think he arrived at, I think he arrived at 18 from Penarol or something. Okay. I, think he was 18, I think he was a first team signing. If he wasn't oh, okay. in the academy, he was only at Castilla for like a year. So yeah, all of those guys are all, and same thing. I think um, Rodrigo was got a cup of coffee with the Real Madrid Castilla, but he was not in any. No, there were none of them were part of the U nineteen program or anything like that. No, um, I mean the only the only guys in their squad who are from they have uh, Nacho and Carvajal and uh, SpongeBob, Lucas Vasquez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. So. Anyway, so yeah, that, that's that. Uh, but we, uh, for Barcelona, again, it's back to kind of their focus and that will be giving Real Betis a, a guard of honor. So again, no arguments there. Like they deserve it. Winning the Copa del Rey. No. And you and I have talked about this before too. Francesca's talked about it plenty. Like 
there are teams you hate and there are teams that you don't hate. And, you know, there, and Real Betis is one of those teams that Barcelona is a little bit joined with. So Barca can qualify for the Champions League, though, with three points against Real Betis this weekend. Xavi did mention that, it's funny that Xavi mentioned this, that Pellegrini and Betis have been partying after their cup win. So maybe Betis won't be bringing their best. Like Xavi did allude to that, which is pretty funny, uh, like setting the team up for that already. And then Barcelona also, this is a fun stat, has not lost at the Benito Villa Marine since the 2010-11 season. So it has been a long time since they've lost down at that stadium in Andalusia. So I'm not saying we're expecting a victory, but again, Real Betis is a team that can take Barca's place, if you will. So Barcelona is a really good spot here. Just get the three points, get out of this one. And I know like the fans and Kool-Aid have disengaged a little bit and they're already kind of looking forward to the summertime and whatever, you know, ready to go on their break. But yeah, Barcelona still has some work to do. There's still enough calling in the squad. Just get the three points and get out. So Levon, last word to you. I just hope Joaquin keeps his shorts on. <laughs> yeah, me too. I use the beeper. I use, you know, I use the bleeper for you on the, on the pod enough times. And, and now I'm going to have to start using pixels on the videos and uh, on, the, you know, on the photos. So totally agree. So well, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that note. Again, you can follow Barcelev on Twitter down in the show notes. Just click on his name there. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at the Barcelona pod. Again, I will try in the coming week to show some of our merch on the, on Instagram and uh, at least on Instagram. And again, if you do show, you know, that you're wearing it, Tag us. I'd love to shout everybody out on social media. They are in our closed Facebook group, the Barcelona Podcast. Answer the questions there. I let you in. And then Patreon is how we keep making these shows. Always, always appreciated. YouTube, that is where you find the match reviews, the Barcelona Podcast, as I warned you already. I've got a pretty busy month. I'm traveling for the first time since COVID, believe it or not. So it's been a long time since I've been away from home for more than two days, three days. So there's a bit of that. Uh, family obligations this month so match reviews are going to be a little bit delayed even podcasts are going to be a little bit delayed one or two days uh or you might have one a week but we'll we'll be in your ears we'll be here we'll be in your eyes whatever so most importantly though thanks so much for listening to the barcelona podcast until next time we'll talk to you soon for the barcelona Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.